Welcome to your Relationship Lovecast by True Potential, the weekly web show and podcast that explores relationships and wellness, featuring in-depth interviews with acclaimed authors, wellness experts, health influencers, and spiritual leaders so that you can create a relationship and life you love. And now your host, Andrea Corella. Hello everyone, Andrea Corella here, and you are listening to episode 11 of your Relationship Lovecast by True Potential Counseling. Today, you will be learning essential tools and strategies that will allow you to love consciously and show up in your relationship as the best version of yourself. Now, I must confess that I have been so intrigued by this topic ever since I was a little girl. I often wondered, how did some couples have amazing relationships that were harmonious and filled with joy and affectionate while other relationships struggled? And as a young adult, while while I was traveling around the world, I would often run across couples that had that magic spark, those people that just have that energy of friendship and laughter and love that just radiates from them. With our busy schedule and pouring our life into our careers and household chores and the kids and the busyness of life, it becomes so easy for us to neglect that important relationship, that relationship that is the most significant one in our life, that being the relationship with our significant other. And this is what uh, drew me to invite this lovely couple, uh, Kate uh, Mucker, and who is the founder of Conscious Divas, and her husband, Dr. Suki, who is an award-winning doctor, speaker, and ultra-endurance athlete. Now, I was drawn to Kate's work because she inspires and empowers a community of conscious women, both on and offline, to be the best version of themselves by connecting more deeply with others, pursuing their life purpose, and living a fulfilling and passionate life. She has been featured in the Vancouver Sun, Globe, and Mail, and Vancouver View magazine. Dr. Suki Mucker transformed his life at 18 from being a high school dropout immersed in crime, violence, and drugs to embark on a journey dedicated to understanding universal laws as they relate to maximizing human health, happiness, and abundance. He has also led thousands of men and women to live more authentic, purposeful, and powerful lives. Thank you so much, Kate and Dr. Suki, for being with us today. Thank you for inviting us. We're excited to be here. Thanks for having us, Andrea. Wonderful. So what inspired and motivated each of you to do this work? I guess I would say that I was first inspired on my own path and journey, probably from a place of being kind of uncomfortable within. And so that sort of led me to sort of see about how I could be the best version of me. And then going on that path and really feeling more fulfilled from within is what really has inspired me to share it with others so they can know what's possible. Wonderful. And for myself, being raised on the other side of the tracks, I had a place where I hit rock bottom when I was 18, and as a result of that, there was only one direction to go, and it seemed like I just kept getting deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole and experiencing more and learning more, and as a result of that, vastly improving my health, my perspective and consciousness and outlook, as well as my quality of life. So it's been an absolute gift 
my wish is for most people that they don't hit rock bottom before they start looking at some of these ideas and concepts, but it certainly transformed my health, my well-being, and my quality of life. So that was my primary motivation. Great. Now, how did you two both meet? Because I know you have a similar philosophy, and I was just curious to see how how that transpired. Yeah, I'd love to share that, actually. It's a really great story. We actually met online, and so a lot of people are like really surprised when they hear that because we do have a really amazing connection. But, you know, I think the thing was is that, and we'll talk a little bit about this later, but I really truly believe the reason that we were able to find each other online, which which Suki's online dating experience was two days, <laughs> was because of our authenticity. We were both very open and honest and vulnerable in what we wrote about who we were and what we were looking for. And we were very focused on our intention for being there. And so when we first connected on the phone, it was instant. We literally talked on the phone for four hours and then pretty much talked and then saw each other every day from then on. And I truly believe that a big part of our relationship, why it's so amazing is because we share some of the same values. And that was really through a lot of conversations. It was through lots of open, honest communication that allowed us to identify that. And then we had a strong platform or a base to sort of build our platform and foundation on. Mm, Great. And, you know, I also believe strongly that both Kate and I were in a place where we we were well by ourselves and we were happy and we were fulfilled. And when I look around, I see so many people looking for a partner relationship because they're simply looking to fill some void within themselves. And I believe that that void has to be filled by ourselves. And as a result of Kate and I both being in that place, we're able to take ourselves to a whole new level. And as a result of connecting our relationship and who we were as people got brought to an entirely new place. So before we'd even met, we were both ready for one another as well. Mm, Right. So you had already started that individual work that's necessary to start becoming the partner that you're wanting to find and starting there first and then allowing once that partnership does happen, that evolution and gets raised to the next level. Absolutely. That's great. Um, Can you share with us how that evolution has taken place from the beginning part to how you continue to cultivate conscious living and loving in your individual lives and in your relationship with one another? Well, I think that when people meet one another, they fall in love or lust at first possibly with a certain person and who they are. And I see it so often in that people begin to completely immerse themselves in that new partner and almost losing their individuality and who they are. Kate fell in love with me. I fell in love with Kate. So it seems so important over the years that Kate does the things that she needs to do to nurture Kate and I do the things that I need to do to nurture me. And then as a result, the part that I bring to the relationship is fully and whole and what she brings to the relationship is fully and whole. So we've maintained our individuality. We have maintained, you know, who I am or developed who I am as a husband, who she is as a wife. We have an amazing 15-month-old daughter, so we're parents as well now. And we just continue to grow and evolve as a family, yet honoring who we are as individuals as well. I feel that's so important to cultivate and nurture. 
Absolutely. Do you have anything else you'd like to add, Kate? Yeah, I think I, I would just kind of echo what Suki would say there too. That's that's definitely the basis of what I feel with us is that there's a strong acceptance for one another's path, but always staying focused on the same kind of common goal. So we're always growing, we're always growing, but we're always growing together versus if one person starts to focus too far on one direction and the other person goes completely in the other direction, then that's, that's creates an opportunity to grow apart. So whenever one of us has a plan or an idea of where they're wanting to go in their career, what they're wanting to do, we also then come together and talk about what sort of impact that has on our relationship and on our family. And now with our daughter to make sure that we're kind of always growing in the in the same the direction that we both want to be going right absolutely and it sounds like you're I hear your baby in the background like wanting to probably comment as well like hey I'm here you know conscious loving no (laughs) she's having a bath with grandma right now (laughs) oh lovely and I and I think that that's so appropriate because I think when when you are not only just thinking about yourself as an individual but also that partnership and that checking in with each other but also how does this impact our family and and what we're trying to create in in our family and our community and ultimately the world because there's just this ripple effect, right? And it all starts from from the center. What have been the biggest barriers to living and loving consciously? And how did each of you over overcome that, whether it be in your relationship or your life in general? I would say for me, one of my biggest barriers, and I think it's, I'm like, I'm a student of life. And so it's something that I'm continuously working with. But what I feel is that whenever we get to kind of the core of some of our challenges is that it's like an onion that keeps kind of having different layers. And so you don't really feel the same impact. And then later you're like, oh, that's still there and showing up in some way. So what I've discovered for me is that the need to want to please people or to show up in a certain way to hope that I'm kind of like not ruffling feathers. And I wouldn't say that by any means I'm not, I don't have a strong opinion or I'm not confident in what I have to say, but there is still an undertone then that, that's something that I'm always continuously aware of and working towards kind of completely freeing myself of that. Right. How about, how about for you, Suki? You know, um, both Kate and I are students of life. And the fascinating thing with that is the more that I learn, the more I realize, the less I know. Right. <laughs> so isn't that know, true? said that, you know, when I come from my head, my ego, it, it leads me to a place that's not of my highest self, not of my greatest path and evolution. So for me, it's always just trying to lead with my heart. And sometimes that's really easy. And sometimes that's very difficult. Mm. And by no means am I there. It's a constant journey. I don't believe that journey ever ends. And like Kate had said, it's layers and layers of an onion that we're constantly peeling away. And we're just getting deeper and deeper into who we are authentically. And just really trying to express that authenticity, you know, with everything we do, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in our careers, our relationships, our social life, our family, it really spills absolutely everywhere. And it ebbs and flows. There's times where I'm flowing really well in one part of my life, and I'm ebbing in other parts. And that's when I use different strategies and tools to really go within, stay connected, and to really go through that place to really integrate and move past those challenges. Because in the end, I do feel those challenges are blessings in disguise and they're placed there 
just so we can learn more about who we are and better connect with something deeper within ourselves. Mm, absolutely. I think that oftentimes when we face obstacles and challenges, we we can respond to it as, oh, why is this happening? But if you look at it as a lesson, um, you can embrace it and be able to learn from it and grow from it. Because sometimes when we try to push them away or avoid them, they just come back in a different package. <laughs> like the lesson returns in another way until we figure it out. Absolutely. I think that that's a good way to, to face them in and approach them. And the only thing there that I would also like to add is I think the biggest thing that I'm constantly holding it close to my heart is just to continuously be in a place of trust and just having trust and faith that everything is unfolding just as it's meant to. And then the more that I'm able to just kind of come back to that place, the more things flow in my life. Absolutely. Now, can you share a story of a client or a friend of yours that maybe was blocked mentally or emotionally from stepping into their authentic self? And what were maybe one or two tangible strategies or suggestions that you offered them uh, that our audience could also benefit from to start opening themselves up to tapping into their authentic self and living and loving from a, a wholehearted place? Absolutely. Typically, when when one is coming from that place, they're really locked in a place of either their ego or they're stuck from place of victim that's often related to a past experience that they've had. And they're now seeing through that lens. My background is I have a really strong background in biology. I was in post-secondary school for over 10 years and background in exercise physiology. I'm a chiropractor. So for me, it's really helping people break that pattern. So I've spent over 20 years really understanding the nervous system, which is really our perception system. So how does one break their perception? And it's really simple, actually, because typically when we're coming from that place of ego or victim, we're in this sort of flight or fight mode, and there's certain hormones and chemicals like cortisol and epinephrine getting released. So for me, the first thing that one can do is really try to augment and buffer that physiological response. And one of the easiest ways to do that that we all have access to at any moment in time is breath. Breath is a phenomenal tool to completely change a physiological response, whether one's stressed out at work, they have a presentation in front of a group, they're having a challenge with their colleague, coworker, or their romantic partner or family member taking a second, closing your eyes, and just doing forced, long, deep, internal breathing. In fact, if people listening right now, if you want to take your hands and place them right around your rib cage to where your diaphragms are, and just take a really deep breath, you can actually should see your stomach protruding. I work with a lot of athletes, and we call this dragon breathing. Dragon breathing really slows down that flight or flight response and allows the system to completely relax and you start releasing things like dopamine, you start releasing endorphins, so it completely changes your biology and physiology. Now as a result of doing that, we open ourselves up to see the situation differently. So if one can do it from that point, all the power to them. But for most people, they need to do something Again, now they've stepped out of that physiological response, but they're still thinking the old way. The best way I've found to do that 
is to really move people from their cognitive cerebral brain to their right side, which is your creative side. So that can be doing something creative. That could be pulling out some paper and drawing. That could be listening to some music that they really enjoy that's uplifting. To really shift their all of a sudden their blood flow from the left side of their brain to the right side of the brain. So we've changed their physiology, we've changed their perception system, and then going back to that situation and asking a very powerful question to themselves that's going to allow them to look at that situation in a different way. Essentially, we're trying to break the pattern that they're stuck in and allow them to see this experience from another lens. That's beautiful. I think that that's really helpful. And I think uh, the creative piece is something that a lot of people that focus on cognitive behavioral therapy, which is just change your thoughts, it really allows you to access a different part rather than using the same part that created the problem in the first place, which is our reason brain. And you're activating that other part, that creative part that allows you to tap into a higher frequency, so to speak. Exactly. That's great. Uh, now, a lot of the couples that are on the call and a lot of the couples that I uh, work with in my office uh, fall into two extremes, blame game where they get caught up in getting angry and blaming one another or stonewalling each other where they avoid and they retreat and they kind of isolate themselves from one another. In speaking about conscious living and loving, what would be one or two tangible strategies that our audience and listeners could implement in those difficult moments? Because I think that when we're challenged in those moments, that's where we're really tested. Do you have any, uh, any simple strategies that people could use in those moments? Yeah, one of our favorite strategies is to hold hands. And it might seem like at first you're like, what? Hold hands. But I think, and, it, and it's the responsibility of the person who's not as heated to hold the other person's hand. And just being able to connect and feel each other's hands, it's actually really hard to continue to be fueled by your emotions in such a strong way because it actually does force you to sort of drop into your heart a little bit. And so I've, I've even found like when we've done that before, at first it's like, you don't want to hold the person's hand because you know that it's not going to allow you to, it's not going to fuel the fire or the point that you're trying to make. Mm -hmm. And then there's kind of this little laugh because it's, you're fighting it, but it actually <laughs> totally shifts things. And that's been a common experience that we've definitely had. It's so simple yet so powerful. And sometimes so difficult and counterintuitive in the moment. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely can, can relate to that because we've tried it ourselves, my fiance and I, and and it really does work. And you just have to override that ego that's wanting to say, no, <laughs> I want to stay mm -hmm. in this. Um, but it really, if you really want to be happy, that's a good way to start. Do you have any other other ideas in those moments that, that come up for you guys or that come up for your, your clients or people that you've spoken with or things along you the know, way that have been helpful? In these situations, there's, there's always going to be one person that's a little more charged and the other person is going to be a little more grounded. So really, it, it falls on the shoulders that a person to the person that's less charged and a little more grounded. And for me, it, it always comes back to love. And if, if that's happening with us, it's to remind Kate that, hey, I'm your husband. I love you. I'm here for you. And, and I'm here to support you. And just constantly trying to hold the space for that. Sure, I'll say that, but my body language 
how I'm responding to what she's saying. And for us, we've, we've worked extensively on our communication and it's been absolutely phenomenal. So I always know if she's saying something, she's, you know, almost always not trying to hurt my feelings, right? you know, going to come from that place. But that's been an evolutionary process in that we've, we've come to this place. We feel very lucky in that from the get-go, we've never had an extremely challenging relationship. I think it's because our values have, have overlapped, but professionally, I've worked with a lot of people who have been in challenging relationships, and I believe a lot of it had to do with their values differed, but they've chosen to be together for a reason, and they're trying to rise above it. So just to to lead with the heart and really to know that when you can hold that space of love, because that's really what holding hands does, it lets you know that that person loves you, cares about you, and supports you, although in this moment, you may not feel that way, in the end, that's really where you're coming from. I know that it's great to have tools in those moments because those are those are the most challenging times in the heat of it. And we can talk about, you know, you can talk about other, other times outside of that. But I think that the foundation of communication is so fundamental because that's kind of the core. And so in that moment, we may have something like holding hands that's going to alleviate the symptom or the or the heat that's going on in that moment but really then it's being able to go to the core of things and bring up uncomfortable conversations when it's not in the heat of the moment and I think people being willing to go to that place and to be completely open and honest and I feel like in relationships it's the most obvious in relationships but not just intimate relationships I think in our culture it's like we shy away from telling the truth because of what we think the outcome of the truth is but actually I totally believe the truth will set you free because your truth then allows that other person to come to the table with their truth instead of us navigating this whole dynamic in our minds which often happens Right. I think my mind reading and assuming creates a lot of confusion. So I think what you mentioned about really putting yourself out there and putting your cards on the table in, in addressing important conversations on both sides is really important because then everything everybody's clear on what what the core issues are, the core needs, the core feelings. In those moments, I've, I've been practicing kundalini yoga and something that I've learned from uh, Gabrielle Bernstein, actually, and she wrote a book called Miracles Now. And there's an exercise that uh, where you touch your pointer finger, then your middle finger, your ring finger, and your pinky finger, and you repeat the words peace as you touch your first two fingers, begins with your next two fingers, with, and then me. And even just doing that in the moment just brings you back to to remind yourself that you are part of creating peace in that moment. And even like touching your heart, it can be also a helpful way to stay grounded in what your heartfelt message is that you want to convey uh, with your partner. Just some extra things too. Yeah, we love Gabby's work. She actually wrote the foreword on Suki's book as well. <laughs> oh, is that right? That's great. Small world. She's a friend of ours. Oh, is she? Oh, wonderful. I really admire her work. Kate, um, what are some ways for women to connect with their feminine essence and their feminine power? So for me, I truly believe that connecting with your feminine essence is 
creating a ritual. So it's like cultivating, it's like strengthening a muscle. And I feel like as we're able to do little things in the form of a ritual that we continuously do, that connection to self and that connection to our power really starts to strengthen. And I feel that there's so many ways to do this. And the most important thing to do is to find something that one feels super connected to. So so whether that be meditation or getting out into nature or breathing or dancing or like you were saying, kundalini yoga, like I feel there's so many tools and really what it is, things that allow us to just drop out of our mind and into our hearts and continuously do that and so whether that's for five minutes a day 15 minutes a day up to an hour a day I really believe that people just need to find what that is for them in in the form of like even journaling and and being creative I know for me things I love is running is very meditative to me and baking and is something I just love and I and I get really connected with what I'm making and I, and I put love in the food and I love the outcome and so to me those things are the things that allow me to really connect with my intuition and connect with my power source and so I just I'm a big believer in rituals and making it it a habit and a ritual absolutely I'm just thinking of uh, I don't know if you're familiar with her but Mama Gina she it's the school of womanly arts she's Mm -hmm. located in in New York and she does a whole workshop on connecting with your feminine essence and your feminine goddess I think she offers some really interesting tools to also tap into that because I think our energy is so very masculine, very yang energy. And I think tapping into that yin energy, whether we're a woman or a man, is really important. I think it's allowing us to get to that peaceful, centered place where it's a gentle power and something very much needed, I think, on this planet. Absolutely. It really balances and brings us into that center point of the the infinity point between the masculine and the feminine. Absolutely. Do you have any thoughts uh, regarding that, uh, Dr. Zuki? Very, very similar to what Kata just said. I think it life is all about developing the rituals that support you. On the flip side, I, I do things to stay connected to both my masculine as well as my feminine side. And I believe we're as strong as the rituals that we practice day in and day out, and that's who we become. For me, it's... It's making a conscious effort and decision to honor who we are and stepping into daily practice, which allows us to be that from moment to moment to moment as we move through our days. Right. Now, I know that you uh, focus on the five pillars of optimal health and I was wondering if you could share with our audience um, how they can start to implement Uh, those routines in their daily lifestyle and what those pillars are? Absolutely. So first and foremost, I talk about optimizing your nervous system. And that's a a lengthy topic. So (laughs) what I'll leave for now is that our nervous system is our perception system. And there's a lot of rituals and different things that we can do. At the end of this, I'm going to direct people to a source where they can learn more about how they can really cultivate that part of their perception system and how they see their world. The next is mindset. Whatever we focus on expands. If we see weeds, we get more weeds. If we see roses, we get more roses. We're conscious creators of our world, and mindset is so vitally important. The next is really supplying our minds and bodies, our cells and tissues, 
with optimal minerals and nutrients. Really big on a plant-based diet, organic. I am also big on grass-fed, hormone-free, drug-free animal products. So being really conscious of what you're putting in your mouth and for mindset, what you're putting between your eyes, what you're watching on TV and things like that. The other one is developing a daily ritual for moving your body. It's so important. Our bodies and our minds are use it and lose it organisms. So the more we move our bodies, the more we move our minds, the more that they will continue to provide as an optimal vehicle so we can experience life. We have our nervous system, we have mindset, we have minerals and nutrients, we're moving our bodies. And the last one is to really develop a lifestyle that allows us to minimize the stresses and the toxins in our life. These can be physical toxins, they can be mental, emotional toxins or stresses, whatever they are. And again, I'll give people a source where they can continue to cultivate these five pillars. Great. I know that both of you uh, have some free resources and tips and strategies for our audience. If you could share a little bit about what each of those free tools are to our uh, special listeners today and how people can connect with you. Cool. My my blog is drsuki.com. That's D-R-S-U-K-H-I.com. And at drsuki.com, you get a couple things. You can get a free chapter of my book there, which allows people to dive in, see if it resonates. And there's also another place where they can actually get a copy of my personal manifesto. And it's just a manifesto that really allows people to harness those five pillars and a lot of other strategies and ideas to really live an extraordinary life, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, in your careers, your relationships, your social life, your quality of life, your character, every area of your life. And my invitation for people is to go to drcp.com, print that off, and paste that up on your fridge or on your bulletin at home, a place that you'd see it every single day. Have a read through it, and each day, pick one. And one day, each day, focus on that one thing. There's a lot of different tools and strategies on there. But if you plug that system in, 30 days later, you're going to be a very different person if you can do that day in and day out. Yeah, consistency is key. You know, if we want to make big changes, we have to make big commitments. That's great. That's wonderful. Thank you. And how about for you, Kate? Uh, I believe uh, on Conscious Divas, you also have some really interesting uh, resources that people can access. Yeah. For our global community on ConsciousDivas.com, we have writers from all over the all over North America that cover all different um, topics. But really what our core is, is we're about radiant health, spiritual alignment, and joyful abundance. And so when I connect with our authors and we create an idea of what we want to touch on, they're always giving you different tips and tools, and we publish them weekly in our weekly wisdom. And so if you sign up for our newsletter, you'll have a topic each week. And what I always say to people is to just, I always just read the topic and see what calls me and see which of the, which of the topics is pulled to me. And then I try to apply a few of the 
tangible tools that are shared within the article for that week. And that's kind of like how I set my bases. And I always tell people to have a few different um, people that they follow, but not get overwhelmed with it. And then apply. I'm all about application because I feel like there's so much wisdom out there. And so really being called to a topic so that you can apply what's in there versus just scanning over a bunch of things. And we just kind of intellectually get things versus, versus it really dropping in and being a, a visceral experience. And so you can sign up and we have over $1,200 in free gifts and eBooks when you initially sign up from the different experts that we have that share their, their content with us. Wonderful. That's fabulous. And as we're coming to a close today on today's podcast, um, are there any last minute tips or suggestions that you'd like to leave our audience uh, with? I think what I'd like to leave people with is that in terms of your relationship to always remember that love is a choice and whatever you focus on expands so every morning you get to wake up and decide to love your partner more and more and as a result what you do in your day will will be different than if you were focused on something else so just to make love a choice and a priority every day great how about you dr suki very similar in that I believe we consciously create our reality and whatever we focus on expands. So I choose to see the goodness in my family, the goodness in my wife, my daughter, the goodness in the world we live in. And as a result of that, that seems to come back to me more and more. Right. I think it's about setting that intention so that you can see that and it can raise and expand exactly that that you want more of in your life and more of in the world. So fabulous. Thank you so much. I I really enjoyed speaking with both of you. And to our uh, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did uh, leading it. Uh, Please stay tuned for next week. Uh, We have some amazing guests coming up and we look forward to uh, seeing you next week. Thanks for listening to Lovecast by True Potential at www.truepotentialcounseling.com. 